Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hello and welcome to the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Joe. Hi, hello. Today we are so excited to be sharing comics, graphic novels, manga with you once again. Uh, For our library friends listening, there is a huge sale going on on Overdrive Marketplace where you can find most if not all of the titles we talk about today on some really great sales. Uh, And for those of you readers out there who are listening, hopefully you'll find some new recommendations in what we have to bring to you today. Joining me, Jill is here. And then we also got the band back together from our last comics episode. I've got Quentin and Kristen. Hello, everyone. Hey. Hello. Hi. Sorry. <laughs> like, yep. Join Jill's in any technical issues. So <laughs> <laughs> gotta love it. Um, you never know what to expect. So today we are just going to go through and shout out our current comic reads or some ones we're excited to check out. So uh, if it's something that's on your list, you haven't read it yet, but you're really looking forward to it, we want to hear that. If it's something you've been reading and loving for a long time. I'll go. Um, so I'm going to talk about Witches by Scott Snyder. And this is Witches with a Y. And it is by Image Comics. It came out in 2014. And it is a disturbing horror comic, which is very much up my alley, something I love. This is the story of a family who moves to a new town to start a new beginning, as a lot of good horror stories start, um, after a tragic event happened in their daughter's past. They want a fresh start. And it turns out that the town that they moved to has some ancient evil entities that live in the woods. And it is incredible. It's such a good story. The creatures that live in the woods, the witches, are very disturbing, really creepy. And this is just a story that you start reading and you just... I remember reading this years ago and being like, this is amazing. This is what horror comics can be like. The images are fantastic. And Scott Snyder is a great writer. A lot of people probably know him for his Batman stuff, but this is a great book. I would suggest it to anyone who wants something uh, a little more on the horror side of things. Kristen coming in strong again with horror. You brought up Genji Ito last time. And I think everyone who's talked to me has said, I had to, after that, I had to pick it up. I, I can think of like three different people who were like, did you read it yet? Did you get through Shiver? Because that, that changed me. <laughs> <laughs> I so think I might have alive. a couple more horror picks on the list today. So stay tuned. Excellent. 
there's nothing that screams summer to me more than like just some good horror thriller pigs. All right. Who wants to, who wants to hop in next? I will, because I also have a horror one, which I was not expecting to have on my list, but when I was going through, I was like, oh, this is one, this is good. So my first one is Ever After by Olivia Buig. This is about two girls, Vivi and Eva, and it's an apocalypse, of course, and they um, are sort of stranded between two safe zones. They're one town, um, and they have to get medicine to get from the other town and to do that they have to cross across the countryside which is filled with um the undead we got zombies and both are sort of dealing with their own kind of personal um um things that are kind of holding the back or setting up uh barriers vivia is struggling with grief and guilt over the loss of her sister and eva is um, hiding the start of a horrifying transformation. She's, uh, it's not really a spoiler because it happens early. She's, she's bitten by a zombie early in the book. And, and as they're traveling together, they both have these inner demons, but also are being chased by zombies who want to kill them to try and get to this like kind of idea of a promised land um, that they are hoping they will find at the end of this journey. And it was so good. And, and just sort of like, watching these two girls um struggle and and figure things out together and apart they're very different individuals and there's some you know of that friction and as they are dealing with these personal things how that is coming out into their relationship and also the choices they make um as they're crossing the countryside so this came out um in 2020 by learner publishing group and I loved the illustrations and it's definitely one of those books that's really good at, um, there's a lot of scenes with that don't have any um, like speech bubbles and you just rely very heavily on the images of what is being told and does a phenomenal job of sort of progressing this story along. What a really cool concept. Bill, is it uh, juvenile, YA or adult? Um, it's young adult. Yeah, they're they're like teenage age, I would guess. Teenage age. Wow, that makes sense. I believe they're sort of like teenagers. Um, uh, uh, Eva is sort of a little bit older. I get the sense that Vivi is maybe like 16 and Eva's maybe 18. I don't know if they actually give their ages, but they're they're teenagers. I mean, in general, I find um publishers are terrible at classifying comic books they're either like all young adult which they're very definitely not or you know, you know what I mean well Quentin do you want to give us your first book sure I didn't have any um strictly horror books in mind uh <laughs> but I have one that might seem horrific to some uh I, I it's been on my reading list for a long time and I've just recently started it so I'm not very far in but uh it's uh, Deadly Class, which is uh, by Image Comics and um, was created by Rick Remender. And uh, uh, there's a really great bit in the uh, intro by the creator, or no, by a guy commenta- commentating on it. It's set in a high school, right? And the opening sentence of like the intro blurb to this is like, in, or the opening paragraph, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but in order for you to have hated high school so much that there have to be others out there who loved it. I mean, right? 
Somebody was having a grand time at this place that you're forced to go to, can't leave, and no one of authority takes you seriously, all while a rigid social order is being established so that the cream of the crop can crush everyone beneath them. What's that sound like? Life? No. In real life, you can leave. You can call a cop or a lawyer. No one comes to your cubicle at work and rams your head into your computer screen. So what's that sound like? Like prison, right? So like, it's it's interesting because like, the 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 way that this person has interpreted uh and this is uh, david lapham uh the way that he's interpreted the book is like yeah it's a it's about a school uh that teaches kids to be assassins for crime families right but it's a high school and all the high school things still happen even though it's a very different high school there's still the loves the hates the feuds they talk about movies and stuff but they're also learning to kill people but like it doesn't really change the fact that high school still kind of sucks in a lot of ways so so i mean my my high school experience wasn't the worst but i can still empathize with it like i got made fun of just because i like to read books like how terrible of me oh god um and uh yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I thought that was a really interesting premise and, and a really interesting take on it. Um, and I've heard the comic book series is great. I've read the first volume and it's definitely, uh, I mean, the first uh, issue and it's definitely um, not sunshine and roses, but uh, the, the social and the social and, and and even political commentary like right in that first issue is 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 excellent it's well done and it's not forced it, it's just a part of the story and it's uh it's good so far and the artwork's really cool that's awesome high school yet another type of horror story <laughs> exactly <laughs> so that's why i went with that one first i was trying to stick a little bit to the theme uh, <laughs> absolutely um i did I, I did have one that i guess you could classify as horror on my list a little little child me is so excited. This is Death Note short stories by Sagumi Oba. <sighs> First off, I'd be remiss if I didn't say uh, the Duffer Brothers are doing a live action adaptation series of Death Note on Netflix. So I'm already hyped. And then to see that they just they just produce some like short stories and the cover, you know, it got me, and I'm always ready for more Death Note content. But if you are unfamiliar, uh, this is the Death Note. The whole series is a story of a, a person who sets out to kind of like <sighs> kill bad people. You know, he's vigilante justice, but he does it through the power of a notebook that if you write someone's actual first and last name in it, they uh, die of a heart attack within a certain amount of time. So it's untraceable and he goes on basically this killing spree um and there's there's a lot of just fascinating twists turns and other plots i mean his father is involved in the case and um the people around him are he's like anyway this is short stories broken off of it and the description of course is is kira's story that's what he was known as kira was the killer truly over or does his influence linger in this complete collection of Death Note short stories penned by the series creators, discover tales of lives irrevocably changed by the sinister influence of the Death Note with surprising and thrilling answers to the questions of what it truly takes to use it or fight it. Contains stories C. Kira, A. Kira, the Death Note pilot chapter, vignettes of L's life, and more. So we're going to get some answers. We're going to get some background. Just the right way to do a prequel and one I'm just 
dying to read immediately full pun intended uh this one is rated teen plus uh so that's like the kind of 16 and up um that comes from the publisher uh, of course it's just themes i don't know the the series overall this is the like this would probably be slapped with ya but like we were talking about you got to hit the right age of ya there's there's a lot in there but that's a uh, death note short stories have you read the full series then joe oh yes <laughs> 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 i uh, was mad at myself that I didn't know about this sooner. I can't be too mad because it came out May 10th, but <laughs> it was like, it was just a, an exciting little treat to see that like, oh wait, how, I, I'm looking at too many other books if I missed this. <laughs> but yes, I've, I've, something to look forward to. Exactly. Now I have another thing to add to my reading list. Um, Dude, my reading list is so long. You got to quit doing this to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's I already have ending. manga on my list. I haven't gotten to. <laughs> Quentin, I'm here to challenge you. You got to read them. <laughs> That's the hazard of the job. It's hazard of the job. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so I'm going to lean into the action adventure. I feel like Quentin and Joe have been giving me. Um, and I want to talk about Sex Castle by Kyle Starks. Um, this is by Image Comics. It came out in 2014. And it is basically a parody of action movies from like the 80s and 90s. This is, is a great potato chip. Yes, it is hilarious. It is so much fun. Um, it basically uses the trope of, you know, the action hero who says, like, he's done killing, he is out of the game, but then the game just pulls him back in. Um, it feels very much like you are watching one of those movies as you are reading this book. And uh, the author, Kyle Starks, just does a really great job of taking all of those scenes that you're used to seeing uh, of, like, the romance and, you know, the bloody deaths and all the weird people in and out of the scenes and he puts it in these and it is just so funny. It is profane, um, but it is exactly what I wanted at the time when I read it. And I've never heard anyone else talk about it. So I would highly suggest if you're looking for something that's just really fun, if you need a little bit of nostalgia, pick this one up. I loved it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. It's kind of timely. There's the new um, Bullet Train movie starring Brad Pitt, which is not, which is not like, I haven't seen it yet, uh, but I'm excited about it. But it looks like it's kind of that thing. It's an action movie. The guy gets pulled back in, but the movie's not taking itself too seriously, which is key, yeah. uh, according mm -hmm. to the previews based on what I've seen. So I don't know. It's got that kind of vibes. So maybe yeah. maybe uh, reading Sex Castle ahead of it, it's, uh, it's a good primer. That was the first thing I thought of when once you said hey, he got out of the game, but he has to get back into yeah. it. I was like, okay, I, I'm, yeah. I'm sold. <laughs> when, I, when I originally started it and looked at the cover and stuff, even though it's not like the same visuals, I was thinking like Last Action Hero and uh, um, True Lies, like that kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger era. Both of those movies are kind of, like True Lies didn't take itself too seriously, obviously, and and Last Action Hero was just a blatant like mockery of the of the genre, but also still in that genre, which was fun. But yeah, anyway, Sex Castle seems like a great primer for Bullet Train. <laughs> yes, yes, 
<laughs> I mean, I'm I'm looking at it now, and the guy kind of looks like Brad Pitt with like an eye patch. So I feel like the bullet the bullet train thing is not that far off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Well, so for my second one, I'm gonna take us in a completely different direction, but that's okay. Um, and this is a juvenile um, comic book called It's Me. It is the first book in the Catwad series by Jim Benton. These are hilarious. So this is about um, Catwad. He's blue, he's kind of grumpy, and his best friend is a dim-witted cat named Blurp who always sees like the bright side of things, whereas Catwad's like, no, life is terrible and awful and what is wrong with you? And it, they're, the, the books are just like these very short little vignettes of the two of them. Um, and I like it because it kind of, you know, plays on that dynamic that we see with like Garfield and Odie or um, Heart and Brain from Awkward Yeti. And um, it, they're, it, they're just so cute and funny and, I love I I love any kind of grumpy character. Like grumpy characters, especially grumpy characters for children, are just delightful to me. And I don't know why. Probably because I was like a grumpy, sarcastic kid. And I'm like, yes, we need that more for that for children. <laughs> so there's several of them. Uh, I think there's four books um, for for Catwad, um, published by Scholastic. This came the first one came out in 2019. And yeah, they're just these cute little interactions between them where uh catwad is just like everything is awful and blurbs like rainbows and sunshine and uh, just the dynamic is it's hilarious you can't be a, mad at a name like catwad that's fantastic catwad. and yeah. also you said jim benton and i went jim benton and then immediately flashes of dear dumb diary franny k stein like it all came just shooting back at me with some some earlier works and he's always incorporated some amount of just like really cool illustration yes they're i love that yeah sounds good um had to pick that up for my uh my son and read it to him they like that um for my book my next one i think i want to roll with some nostalgia um so last time that we had a comic conversation. Um, I mentioned that I was a massive Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles kid. I loved it. I was obsessed. Uh, and it it introduced me. I, and I talked about the, the Batman crossover uh, last time, which, by the way, excellent. Still recommend it highly. It's so good. Um, the, it's surprisingly good. Uh, but anyway, the Ninja Turtles introduced me to several characters. Um, and uh, I wanted to talk about another one that I happened to see during the, I was looking through the list of the comic sale for, for inspiration. And uh, there are several Savage Dragon comics on there. And uh, I always really liked the Savage Dragon. And I got introduced to him um, through Enter the Savage Dragon, which was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover. Uh, and uh, that's a fun one. Um, but there's a couple savage dragon ones uh in the list I, I they're all really good and the reason they're all really good and i didn't know this before i did a little sleuthing but they it is the largest um single run or longest comic book run with a single creator uh i believe ever um so the uh eric larson who's done it has done every has done every single comic book except for one issue um with the savage dragon and uh that's really cool 
Uh, and the, there's a lot of continuity in the character doesn't really like a lot of times in comic books, you'll get some suddenly someone will have a different personality a bit or uh, or change ethos or gain a new power or uh, but the Savage Dragon's been really consistent, and that's that's really cool. Uh, I've not read the whole run, but I've read a bunch of it. It's been a long time, um, but I recommend it. It's it's a good comic book. For those that don't know, he's he's uh, kind of a big green dude with a with a mohawk looking fin, uh, who is a police officer in Chicago. He wakes up with amnesia in a burning field, doesn't know where he was, and becomes a cop and protects people. Um, and uh, he teams up with lots of people throughout. But uh, it's uh, it's pretty fun. It's it's just like an old school action adventure comic. It's uh, it's it's cool because he has amnesia, so you don't really get the origin story doesn't get told for a long time, and because it's had that same consistent creator, it doesn't. It's not forced, and there's not a bunch of prequels, and there's not. It's just here's the series, <laughs> which is which is refreshing sometimes. I think that's really cool. Really cool to see that one person can kind of just spearhead their whole vision kind of all the way through and the fact that there's yeah. still so many recent issues yeah, um, it started in 1982 and it's still being published there's still wow. issues being published and when you think of like oh all the different variations of x-men comics and and everything else that's happened since then to see one person that's that's awesome yeah so i was yeah. contemplating talking about it then when i read that back i'm like well that's cool i got it oh. Oh yeah, how can you pass up that? So I guess I'll trade monster for monster. My next uh, recommendation is Kaiju number eight by Naoya Matsumoto. Uh, In Japan, monsters known as Kaiju regularly attack. The Japanese defense force is tasked with taking them out and protecting their country. After their town was destroyed by Kaiju when they were children, childhood friends Kafka Hibino and Mina Ashiro both vowed to become members of the defense force. Mina has become famous as a commander of the defense forces third unit but kafka has failed the examination numerous times and is a member of the cleanup crew monster sweeper inc it's their job to dispose of the monster's dead bodies after battle after a small talking monster flies into his body via his mouth kafka gains the ability to turn into a giant monster himself which gets dubbed kaiju number eight by the defense force Kafka remains fully cognizant while in the form, but gains superhuman strength and becomes the first monster to escape the defense force. Um, this, uh, the English release of the series was first released in December of 2021. Uh, volume two just came out in April and it looks like we can anticipate about six overall volumes. It looks like, um, and believe me, it's not lost to that. The person who goes through, let's say a metamorphosis is named Kafka. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's all of the eyes, a little on the nose, but we'll take it. And for the, you know, for the listeners who can't see, as everyone just went, mm, mm-hmm, yep, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Nods all around, yeah, yep. That's yeah. I'm a sucker for kaiju stuff. Um, yeah, so I have to check that out. I like this odd interpretation of um like what happens after the battles are fought, you know, the fact that there are people cleaning up after all of these kaiju battles um, and, and what exactly that looks like, you know, I, 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 what is it? The boys that like kind of uh, the show that kind of looks at what if superheroes were like kind of bad. Um, So, so it all, they all have that different energy of just, you know, let's, let's think about the, the aftermath. And, uh, you know, I also love a, I love a 
the story of a of a failure kind of doing something that's never been done. So he goes from not being able to join his best friend in the defense force all the way to being the only monster to ever escape them. That's yeah, that does sound good. Definitely. Uh, and it's an easy buy-in. There's only two volumes out so far. Sure, volume three is like upcoming, but on, on the English end, if you're just reading the translated version, you only have two to get through. So <laughs> it's not yeah. too much to add to your TBR. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about Hark a Vagrant by Kate Beaton. Um, I love Kate Beaton. I originally started reading her stuff when it, she was doing web comics. And Harka Vagrant is a collection of some of those web comics. She has uh, another title called Step Aside Pops, which I have to say it like that because that's how I say it in my head. Um, this is by Drawn and Quarterly. It was published in 2011, and it's more of a comic strip style. So you can basically turn to any page and just read that strip. She basically like pokes fun at literary characters, history. Um, she's Canadian, so she often also pokes fun at Canadian stereotypes. It is just so much fun. If you love literature, if you were an English major, um, this is a book I would highly suggest, or if you were a history major. I would really suggest picking it up. It's just a lot of the references are kind of obscure, which sometimes I kind of really like that because then it makes me actually have to go do the research to be like, what is she talking about here? Who are these people? But it's very tongue in cheek. It's hilarious. I love her stuff. This is just an easy, fun read. And what, what a name, Hark of Vagrant. I know it's great. And I love, um, so the collection also includes some little like quips from her saying like why she wrote this comic. Cause some of them you're like, this is really weird. Why would you do that? And so she puts in there, you know, what inspired it. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's really fun. I love it. My favorites are probably, she does like Nancy Drew comic strips where she's basically making fun of like the cover images and she kind of makes Nancy a bit of a bimbo in them, which is fun. It is a good time. I love everything about that. <laughs> Fantastic. Jill? Yes. Um, my next one is uh, The Girl from the Sea by Molly Knox Ostertag. This is a um, young adult that just came out last year, published by Scholastic. So this is about um, Morgan. She's 15 years old. She has this great friend group, but she has a, um, a kind of a secret from them. She lives on this small island and she really just wants to leave um, and get away and sort of start over because uh, Morgan's big thing is that she is... Um, I don't know if I actually use the word lesbian, but she is attracted to girls and she doesn't know how to explain this to her friends or her family or how any of this will actually work. And then one day she is saved um, from drowning by a mysterious girl named Kelty. And the two become friends and <clears throat> then they become more than friends. They're like, oh, we like each other. And life on the island doesn't seem so bad, but Morgan doesn't still doesn't know how to tell her friends that she has this girlfriend now, Kelty. And Kelty, um, we later find out, 
fairly early is that Kelty is a Selkie. So Kelty is only on land. She's able to come on land for a very brief period of time because she found and kissed Morgan and they sort of have to figure out how to navigate this. All of Morgan's friends think Kelty is like this weird girl. Um, what I liked about it, just the story in general and sort of finding yourself um, and dealing with those relationships of, you know, telling people and being okay with yourself and having that first love. Um, the, the book or the, the, the graphic novel opens actually with a text thread between Morgan and her friends. And these pop up throughout the, the story of text conversations, sometimes where Morgan is involved in the text thread. And then there are separate conversations where Morgan is not involved in the text thread and her other friends are. And it just sort of like reminded me of that really awful time in high school where you're like, do my friends hate me? Are they talking about me behind my back? Oh, they are, but I don't know. It's it just, there's a lot of that teenage angst coming. And um, I I loved, I loved this so much. And there's just, uh, it's so much, it's just delightful. Um, and this idea of like selkies in just modern day um, teenage girl, I was just, uh, there was, there was nothing not to love about the girl from the sea. It's so bright and beautiful. Like the colors are super rich. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I love the text thread. I love that. Uh, it like it really puts you in the place of just like this is you if you forgot what this felt like this is what it feels this like is what it feels like it's like color-coded you see their little images above so you can keep track yeah. of it yeah I'm I opened it the first five is just like gonna read it I'm like okay I I'm on board with just opening with this I'm like I no matter what happens from here on out I'm down with this story because you're opening with a text a very colorful text thread between right. teenage girls like yes please all of this is working for me yeah I am here for a selkie story I really love uh those mythological creatures so I'm just like oh my gosh I can read about them in a comic yes yeah. <laughs> yes you can and and you know Kelty and like part of the story is Kelty is obviously from the sea she feels very um uh, protective of it but up on land, there are human issues sort of intruding on um, the sea and there's like ecological concerns and all of that stuff that, that kind of comes into play in the story as well. So yes, very enjoyable. I uh, am going to change pace a little bit um, and uh, dare to go a little bit more mainstream. Um, and uh I want to talk about the the Wolverine limited series by uh, Chris Claremont with pencils by Frank Miller. Yes, that Frank Miller. Um, and uh, it was originally in 1982. And then they, they did like a combined, uh, they've done a few combined like graphic novel versions of it to, to bring the issues together. But it was originally, like I said, written in 1882. And when I was a kid, I found this book in my brother's room and read it. And it was, uh, I was obsessed. I loved the X-Men. The, the 90s cartoon did that to me because it was amazing. Um, we've talked about that before. But the uh, this this specific uh, uh, series kind of taught me that, that comic book superheroes could have some depth. 
um and, and uh and that like there's there's whole long stories to be told that are cohesive and not super episodic and like you like it, it was the first graphic novel i think i ever read and um it 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 really got me into that as a i prefer graphic novels now i don't like the one-off issues as much or or uh i'll i'll take the when they come out enough of them to give me a volume or it's a combined bunch of combined issues i'll get that um that's how I prefer to read them, but uh, this kind of kicked all that off. And if, if you don't know, it's it's about Wolverine's. Uh, we'll call them adventures in Japan, um, where it like talks about his like love Mariko and like uh, the complications around that and the family she's from. And I don't want to give too much of it away, but um, it's it's uh, there's there's a there's a kind of there's a, there's this love story and the unattainable uh, or unattainable is the wrong word. Um, a love story that's kind of destined to fail, you know? Uh, so there's, there's, there's some classic romantic tragedy going on there. Um, and Wolverine also fights ninjas, which is great. So like you kind of get, you kind of get some depth there, but you also get Wolverine fighting ninjas and, and uh, it, it's cool. And it's not, um, it's not it's like his own journey after he's joined the x-men and 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 he comes back after it you know like and it kind of gives some color to his attitudes and why he is the way he is and uh and if you really start to think deeply about it like like how how his feelings of gene gray are complicated but also obvious and destined to happen so like it's it, it's it's interesting in that um like i said it's i know it's a it's a bit more mainstream than we usually talk about, but um, Marvel's done a lot to push the to push the comic book world into a place where we can talk about it and not be ostracized. Like when I was a kid reading comic books, it was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> now it's like, "Yeah, did you read the new movies coming out?" And it's it's a uh, and that's cool. It's not just Marvel, obviously, but uh, you know. Um, anyway, that so I thought it would be cool to talk about that because it's. It's the one that got me started in the more in-depth, bigger, deeper stories that are available in the comic book world. And now, absolutely. I mean, not only the great point just of like, sometimes episodic can be tough. It's a lot easier when they're finally all brought together, issue to issue into one big old volume. But also, I love to hear what gets people into what they read. You know, I I can't wait to one day ask you what started John science fiction, because I know there's a good story there, too. <laughs> there is <laughs> i'll be waiting for it <laughs> so i am going to mirror jill in just kind of like a more of a, a childlike whimsy title for my next one um and i i guess you know it's just my childhood whimsy uh this is pokemon adventures x and y by hidenori kasaka if you are unfamiliar the pokemon adventures series is a whole graphic novel uh, manga series that was basically created to kind of coincide with the game. So these are all world building for the video games themselves. Um, it started all the way back with, uh, I, I believe there was a, a red and green first and then yellow. And that kind of told the story of how the game would play out. So kind of deepening the lore compared to, uh, especially important back then when the games weren't quite as rich in their capacity to provide storytelling. You just had kind of hints of things. Um, 
so there's there's been a whole adaptation all the way through basically for each mainline story game but they take some time to produce so they've just gotten caught up to x and y this follows x he was a pokemon trainer child prodigy he hated being in the spotlight so he took to hiding in his room and avoiding everyone including his best friend y but now a surprise attack has brought x out of hiding and now it's up to x to use the skills that made him the champion to defeat the threat looming over vanneville town so uh this is another one that's just kind of gotten started as well so if you want to dive in um i think at this point i don't there weren't any references that i caught in the first couple issues of this that harkened back to any of the earlier parts of the series but if you want to dive in and just kind of see these are totally different <laughs> it's uh it is light it is rated as juvenile uh overall it's really fun if you're a fan of the series and if you're just interested in you know a little more content it's a good way to get up so that's uh pokemon adventures x and y that that feels like the ninja turtles feels like for me <laughs> absolutely it's absolutely what it is for me as well <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I want to talk about The Shadow Hero, and this is by Jin Luen Yang. Uh, you probably know him for American Born Chinese or Dragon Hoops. He is a prolific author, and this is him stepping a bit into the superhero uh, comics. This is by, this series is by First Second. It was published by First Second. It was published in 2014 originally. And what I love about this comic is that Yang took a comic from, I think, like the 1940s and redid it. He gave an origin story to this superhero, uh, the Green Turtle. And it's just so good. I love the history and the mythology that he builds into this. The characters are fantastic. This is about um, a young Chinese-American man in probably like, I don't know, the 50s or 60s, maybe a little earlier. It's probably, honestly, the 1940s, since that's originally when this came out. Uh, and he works at a grocery store that his father owns um, in Chinatown. And his mom one day decides that he should be a superhero. And it just so happens that his father was followed from China to America by this um, Chinese spirit. And it helps imbue him with powers and abilities. And it is just great. Definitely kind of gives me Spider-Man vibes just in the like kid who probably shouldn't have these powers and is learning what to do with them. Um, and like trying to do good for his, his part of town. So I love this comic. Uh, it's been a few years since I've read it, but it's a really good one. I absolutely love the art style as well. It's really striking to look at. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, oh. I think he just does a great job of uh, like taking his Chinese heritage and imbuing mm -hmm. that into his comics and graphic novels. Um, if you haven't read uh, Jean Luen Yang, I would highly suggest his stuff. American Born Chinese is also an excellent graphic novel. Yeah, that sounds really good. 
Uh, my next one is Black Heroes of the Wild West by James Otis Smith. This is, okay, so this is classified as juvenile nonfiction and biography and autobiography, but I think it's one of those books that um, can be read by all ages because it is all about, um, you know, sort of exploring American history and three black heroes who were around during the wild, wild west of stagecoach, Mary Bass, Bass Reeves and Bob Lemons. And along with sort of telling this story through graphic images, um, like a graphic novel, there are black and white photographs of these individuals also in there. A lot of history um, just sort of about these individuals. And I, I think what I like about this is that and admittedly, this is just part of my own privilege. It's like when you think about the wild, wild west, I you have a very like white idea of who was around then, which doesn't make any sense. Of course, there were like black people doing things, the same things that white people were doing. Um, and but because of the times, you know, some of these like stagecoach Mary was born into slavery. Um, Bass Reeves was the first Black deputy U.S. Marshal west of the Mississippi. Bob Lemons lived to be 99 years old and was good with the horses and the wild mustangs and um, of, of Texas and all that. So this is just, I, I love this because, again, I think despite the fact that it's classified as juvenile nonfiction or for juveniles, there is a lot in here that anyone of any age can get information from um, and read it. So it came out in 2020, uh, published by Tune Books. And I just, yeah, it was super informative. And this is one of those books where I'm like, I know several children, I would love to buy this for just because I think you would like, they would be, they would enjoy reading it. And I love that there are photographs included in there um, of, of these, these people. Another really striking one, the juxtaposition is super cool just to flip through and see illustration and then write into photographs. And yeah, I think not only is our view of the Wild West really whitewashed, it's also really like heteronormative. And uh, I, there's just a lot of a lot of things we need to break down. And when we think of uh, the old West. Exactly. Yeah. I want to talk about Radiant Black. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of that, but it's a newer like hero comic. Um, I can, I, I, I just, this is one I just started. Uh, and uh, so I'm not very far, but I can really uh, empathize with the main character. The main character is 30. He moved to LA to become a writer and has not succeeded in getting published yet. Um, as someone who has written a book and hasn't, hasn't, I haven't pushed to get it published yet, uh, but I, I need to. Um and at least try, you know, uh, but uh, I can really empathize with the guy because he's having trouble, like, like putting himself out there and, 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 uh, and pushing through that, uh, that sea of rejections that he's going to get as a writer. Um, and uh, he's kind of going through all this when he discovers um, a strange thing floating in the air after a night of drinking with his friend. And it's a, it looks like a tiny black hole and, and he touches it and becomes a superhero. And uh and now he's got to figure that out. So it's got kind of a similar vibe um, to what Kristen was talking about, where he's got powers all of a sudden and needs to figure out what to do with them. I like it because he's not like a, it's not your traditional archetype that has 
discovered these powers it's like i said he just moved back in with his parents his his life he's in massive credit card debt like these are all very real things that i think people can identify with and empathize with um and uh the artwork's really cool which really helps uh and uh yeah it's it's uh it just seems it seems like it's going to be a really cool series so uh there's three books so far um and they're they're collected editions. Sorry, there's three collected editions, lots of issues. Uh, but you know me, I like to read the graphic novel version. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it looks really good. That's really cool. Uh, we love we love anything relatable. Sometimes it's just nice to be seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm reading this and I'm like, I get this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I am gonna go right into another really relatable title. Uh, this is Spy Family. <laughs> Not relatable at all. Uh, so for those of you uh, furiously typing in Libby, it's Spy X Family, but you just pronounce it Spy Family. This is Tetsuya Endo. So Spy Family, super cool. There's about seven volumes out right now um, in English already ready to go. So, you know, a few more to get through, but... <sighs> Only, only like a hundred or so pages. It's not too bad. But this is the story of Twilight. He is not one to depend on others, and he's got his work cut out for him, procuring both a wife and a child for his mission to infiltrate an elite private school. What he doesn't know is the wife he's chosen is an assassin, and the child he's adopted is a telepath. So basically, we've got our spy Twilight who has to build a family to execute this mission. He doesn't realize that both of the people he's chosen for his family, you know, have some have some things of their own, a mind reader and an assassin, all to infiltrate the prestigious Eden Academy to get close to his target, Donovan Desmond. But has he ruined his daughter Anya's chances with his outburst during the admissions interview? Perhaps the truly impossible mission this time is making sure both Anya becomes an exemplary student and befriends Donovan's daughter, or Donovan's arrogant son, Damien. Uh, so, yeah, this is this is a tough one to describe because it sounds super serious in the fact that it is like a spy novel, but it's honestly it's camp it's a lot of comedy it's a lot of humor around it he's trying to be a spy every cover seems super serious and then it's kind of a little more like hilarity ensues so each collected volume is uh you know them trying to execute this mission properly and something happening or you know another twist being thrown in so what's happening between his daughter and his target son you know what is it the what are the perils of having an assassin for a fake wife you know just some just some fun things and a really cool just a really cool new series there has been a lot of like rumblings of this around the space for those of us who read manga and uh I'd, I'd be remiss if i didn't bring up spy family i highly recommend it i've had a lot of fun kristen mm -hmm. it, uh, I, i'd say let's do last title <laughs> um i will end on another horror the way i started um so this is harrow county by colin bunn and it is a Dark Horse Comics published title. Uh, it The first volume was published in 2015. Uh, there are a few volumes of this, many issues of it. And this is the story of Emmy, who uh, discovers that something sinister uh, is living in like the woods around her. 
and they this takes place in the south i cannot remember exactly what state it's in but uh the monsters and spirit things that live in the woods they call them haunts h-a-i-n-t-s uh which i just found very like it gives you the feeling of that place i loved it and i absolutely devoured the first volume and then immediately had to go into the next one not usually series reader hooked me and what i love the most about it is that it creates a mythology a folklore these kind of legends that feel like they might be partly set in our world and it slowly unravels that while also adding more on um, so that's something I love in my fantasy. I love in my horror. And this is a series that very much does that. So if you are looking for something that does have that deeper, creepy, uh, folklore-ish kind of vibe to it, this series is amazing. I loved it so much. And yes, it is creepy, but it's so much fun. Oh, my my poor to be read list, because I just I searched for Harrow County and the covers are all stunning. This is this is Nancy Drew. This is Hardy Boys. That's what that's the vibe I get just kind of from the art style on the cover, like those good old illustrated, like, you know, the house on the high, high hill and whatever. <laughs> but yeah. what would you say that the the cover art kind of matches the style throughout? Yeah, for sure. So cool. Okay, mm-hmm. beautiful. <laughs> and creepy and mythological and like you said, a little bit hainted. Love that. Yeah, hainted. <laughs> I know now Jill's like peering through I'm all like, of them. I am very clearly looking at these images of like the covers and the graphics. These look so good. But you're right, they do. They remind me of like original Nancy Drew covers from like the 50- um okay so my last one is actually like my favorite graphic novel of all times and that is bingo love by t franklin this is uh came out in 2018 by image comics this is about hazel and marie they are uh two black women and when they were girls they met at church bingo in 1963 and it was love at first sight but it was also 1963 and so They were forced apart by their families and society and both Hazel and Marie went on to, you know, marry men and have families. And then decades later, now that they're in their their mid 60s, they are reunited at church bingo. Um, And it's sort of, you know, this chance for a a second chance. And I love I love the story. I love the illustrations. I love I love everything about Bingo Love. It's just, it is, it is so good. It's just delightful. Um, and you should read it. So there you go. I read it after Kristen did. <laughs> Kristen unmuted so fast. Kristen brought it up on our last, um, our last comic one. And I was like, yes. I know. I just had to mention it again because it's in the comic sale. And so I'm like, As you if you don't have it, you should have it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so oh, good. yeah. I'm here to fully support that. Like, yeah, we're going to mention it again because this is that good put it in your cart check out librarians that's right it is a beautiful story i love it so much yes 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 and a fun fact the illustrator um jen sanon she does um 
she'll do custom. And so I 100% have a image illustrated of me and my husband and uh, four of our cats that she did. <laughs> and I was just like, yes, I want a custom illustration from you because you did bingo love. Yep. Mm-hmm. That is incredible and like very touching that it's like you got someone who is your favorite writer, illustrator to make something so personal. Yep. I, I, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to cheat if it's okay with you guys and do a lightning round uh, because the rest of the books that I had in mind are all on my to read list. So I don't know a lot about them anyway. Um, so uh, one, I'll start with the one that's most obvious. I haven't read The Sandman by Neil Gaiman yet. I don't know why I haven't read that yet, but I'm going to because it's Neil Gaiman and that's it. Uh, <laughs> Neil Gaiman's awesome. And, and it looks great. coming out soon. Yeah, yeah. And I, so I really, I really got to get on that. It's been on my to read list forever. I don't know why I haven't gotten to it. The next one I want to mention is Preacher, which is another pretty famous uh, comic book series. I want to read it because it's controversial. And I like the idea of a preacher suddenly being like, all the people that come to church on Sunday are kind of, jerks and do bad things throughout the rest of the week but it's also he's been it's a preacher that's been possessed that's allowing him to to come to these realizations and yeah that sounds interesting to me um there's another one called a righteous thirst for vengeance which is uh one of the creators there is also the guy that did deadly class um so that's how i kind of cross shopped that one and it sounds really interesting as well and the artwork looks awesome um and the last one i'll mention is deep beyond uh I haven't read this one yet because it feels a little too close to home. There's a virus that devastates everybody and then scientists have to deal with it. Uh, and people, even after the devastation of the planet are still fighting like morons about stupid things. And I feel like that's something I can really identify with, but also it's very close to reality uh, in a scary kind of way. So I haven't read it yet. because I kind of, I got to work up to that. <laughs> Just a, uh, just a little too close to home right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's my that's my lightning round. Um, I cheated. Sorry. Hey, that's okay. <laughs> we we love a lightning round, and you know, listeners, you got some got some bonus listens today. Uh, my last title. Uh, this also feels like cheating, but this is a book translated into a graphic novel. This is Fangirl by Sam Maggs and it's illustrated by Gabby Nam. Now, that if you, good. yeah, exactly. If you didn't read the original book, maybe the graphic novel is your way in, but Kath doesn't need friends in real life. She has her twin sister, Ren, and she's a popular fanfic writer in the Simon Snow community with thousands of fans online. But now that she's in college, Kath is completely outside of her comfort zone. There are suddenly all these new people in her life. She's got a surly roommate with a charming boyfriend, a writing professor who thinks she's Fan fiction is the end of the civilized world, a handsome new writing partner, and she's barely heard from Ren all semester. This is rated teen plus as well, but uh, super beautiful to see this kind of translated, taking such a popular work. Um, and it was it was just really excited. I, I was really excited, super exciting to see this kind of become serialized. I am looking forward to seeing how some of the other volumes turn out. Yeah, I, I like. Yeah, I'm a huge, like, Fangirl is one of my absolute favorite books, and it's probably my favorite Rainbow Rowell book, and I love the way that this sort of plays, I don't want to say mixed medium, because it's all, it's just not panels, I guess is what I'm saying, like, they really play right. with the idea of, like, the Simon Snow universe, and, and the fact that these books exist within this book, um, 
and and how they handle that is is really fun. Yeah, I really I really appreciated this, and I yeah, I guess it's it's not really even so much an adaptation as if it's like almost an expanded or alternate universe of the same. I, I don't know, like words aren't words aren't coming to me in a in a proper way to describe this, other than like honestly, you should pick it up. <laughs> All right, we have a few seconds left. Any other titles y'all need to shout out? Kristen, I'm sure. I'm sure there's at least one more on that list. Yeah, there there is. Um, I just want to talk about Mouse Guard. I don't know if anyone here has ever read it. It's by David Peterson, published by Boom Studios in 2007. This is an adorable graphic novel. There are two volumes of it. Um, and it is perfect for, uh, I'd say, like, YA, upper middle school, and, of course, adults. And I'd say this is for anyone who was a Redwall fan, anyone who is into, um, I'd say, like, the Tolkien universe as well. But it's basically about a bunch of mice who have become uh, mouse guards who basically protect their kingdom and the story basically takes place with these, I think it's three mice who are going out on a mission to try and find someone who went missing. And it, it kind of continues on from there. They discover there is a sinister plot in the kingdom. It's adorable. And it's also beautifully illustrated. If there's an opportunity to shout out Redwall in an episode, we should always take it. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Well, thank you all for joining me today to talk about comics again. I I did do it again. This was an oops all manga for me, but y'all brought, I at least brought some different age ranges. Y'all brought the diversity across different formats. That's why I have guests. (laughs) I do feel a little bad we didn't mention Hellboy, but I mean, if you haven't read Hellboy at this point, there's your mention. There's there's the mention we got it in, and uh, we can always do this again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us today for this episode. Of course, remember you can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Pro Book Nerds. And of course, if you want to reach out to us nerds, you can send us an email, professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. With all of that said, thank y'all once again, and happy reading! Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly, and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.